Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Through the Wealth Lens. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, I'm joined by our star of the show, Mr. Hannes Grasher, private wealth advisor over at UBS. He's going to be joining me for another wealth management-related discussion. That's what we tackle here on this show. We cover a lot of different wealth management-related topics, whether you're you know, an existing listener or viewer of the show, or if you're new to the show, great. We're happy to have you with us, and we got a good one, too up for you guys today. Today we'll be examining really a challenge that many parents face and that's raising a child with special needs. So as you could imagine there are a number of, of financial planning strategies and solutions that can help parents uh, you know that have to navigate this path through life and and deal with some of maybe the the issues that pop up along the way of raising a child with special needs and fortunately we have Hannes here to walk us through what some of these challenges look like then of course those strategies and solutions that are available uh, to assist those going through that challenge in life so that being said let's go ahead and welcome Hannes board and get right into the discussion Hannes how you doing today good to see you fine nice and sunny day here in New York so doing well finally getting warmer um, but yeah, you know, it's a super important um, topic. Um, it's actually one that's near and dear to my heart. And um, my old family, my, my older sister, her son had an accident when he was nine years old. And since that accident needs around the clock care, uh, he's mm -hmm. now 32 years old. So you can imagine that when a child has special needs or a disability, the hurdles, you know, can look more like mountains potholes can feel more like bottomless pits and um, and that's especially true when it comes to you know really two key financial issues you know, one paying for the many expenses that can accompany raising a special needs child and then um, positioning assets for the child's future so he or she can live as rich and full as life as possible especially after the parent is no longer there to help. And then consider, for example, that the average lifetime cost for caring for a person with a disability is estimated to be approximately a million dollars. So roughly four times the amount it takes to raise a non-special needs child from the birth age to, to age 18. Wow. So, I mean, as you can see, this is to you, our audience, we have a lot to unpack today. You know, Hannes, I appreciate you kind of sharing your own personal experiences with this and that, you know, you really don't realize how many people, uh, you know, have, have this factor facing them in their lives. And, and that, I'm, I'm glad we're diving into this today, Hannes. So let's, you just mentioned that, that number of approximately a million dollars. Let's get into, you know, the weeds of this, of this circumstance here. What do you say are some of the biggest expenses, you know, that parents that, uh, you know, of kids with special needs that ha have to likely confront? Yeah, I, th I think probably uh, two of the biggest financial challenges these families face are one financial shock, right? So often a child's special needs are identified when problems occur after the child is born, giving parents really no advance warning or time to look into what it could take financially to address the issue. Uh, it's usually just a fire drill in the beginning, right? So among the many questions parents have when given the news that their child has special needs, common one is what this could mean to their income, financial savings, and any really future financial plans. And then second, ongoing health care expenses. Uh, many health 
healthcare needs require a one-time expense. In stark, in stark contrast, special needs healthcare expenses are often ongoing, requiring monthly, weekly, or even daily services that could be needed for years or even decades um, as the child becomes an adult, which is essentially, you know, for example, Started with my sister. Uh, it's been you know, going on for 20, 25 years or so. And so clearly, such ongoing costs can become huge. And Hannes, I would imagine it's safe to say then that, you know, that financial shock really creates this lack of clarity and visibility into the future. And I would imagine that makes the idea of just planning out your wealth a very difficult thing to do given the circumstances you're up against. Am I correct in saying that? Very much so. And, uh, and on top of everything, costs for special needs treatments can fluctuate significantly. You know, the, the lack of financial clarity that accompanies a diagnosis is further exacerbated by the possibility that ongoing costs might be highly inconsistent from year to year. Uh, you know, there could be new treatment found, and that may cost more than what we budgeted for. This, this can happen. For example, when a special needs condition improves or worsens significantly, um, this lack of cost visibility you know, can can make it even more difficult to plan for how much money will be needed, where it will come from, and how financial assets should be positioned to generate it. And what's more, parents of special needs kids often encounter confusion around is issues such as deductibles, claims, out of network providers, and denials of coverage usually without anyone capable of helping them chart the right course and say the right things to make sure to make insurance companies sit up and listen. Yeah, there's there's no shortage of, of challenges throughout this this process. So Hannes, a big part of us getting together today is to acknowledge some of those strategies and solutions that, you know, those parents uh, or even grandparents have at their disposal when facing with these kind of issues. So let's let's get into just that. What do you say that, you know, parents and grandparents uh, can kind of utilize as maybe the first step in really getting on top of their finances and taking this thing head on? Yeah, so, you know, smart financial planning, keyword here planning around special needs involves thinking about today and the foreseeable road ahead along with the distant and more uncertain future. And the good news is that there is a plethora of savvy financial moves that parents and grandparents of special needs children can make that may potentially deliver big, big benefits to both themselves and their kids today, tomorrow, and down the road. And start with the current and ongoing now, some basic wealth planning, such as budgeting, should be done regularly. Uh, if you conclude that the likely health care treatments and services will almost certainly require you to spend up to your annual out-of-pocket maximum, make that a fixed expense on your yearly budget. Good point. And Hannes, let's expand a little bit on that that you just mentioned. Would you Are there any government agencies that can offer help maybe in situations like these, maybe offset some of the costs that you're facing? Yeah, and that's you know certainly something to look into. Many families qualify for financial help from the government. For example, monthly supplement security income or SSI is available to some individuals who meet the SSI disability standard. And individuals with disabilities who also have a qualifying work history or are able to qualify for, qualify for benefits based on their parents' records 
may be eligible for Social Security Disability Insurance, SSDI. Additionally, Medicaid and Medicare may cover some health care expenses and some medical equipment costs. And it's really important that you don't assume you earn too much or too wealthy to get any benefits. The rules can vary from state to state and making it possible you qualify for some amount of financial assistance. Well, well, Hannes, it's good to know that there there are government agencies. There's help there that can be utilized should somebody qualify. But would you say there are any other factors maybe that parents or grandparents should be considering maybe after taking those foundational steps of of financial planning and you know government based assistance? Sure. So um, I, I think it's really important to look uh, to advanced solutions designed to help pay for the expenses of raising a special needs child with more needs. One tool that should be considered is an ABLE account, A-B-L-E, especially, essentially it's like a 529-like savings plan to help families caring for children or adults with disabilities. And ABLE accounts are funded with after-tax contributions that aren't eligible for federal tax deduction. However, contributions grow tax-free and withdrawals are tax-free when used for qualified disability expenses, which generally include rent, food, transportation, education, employment training, healthcare, and personal support services. And anyone can contribute to an ABLE account, including grandparents. Um, so another key benefits of ABLE accounts is that the contributions are shielded from asset-based limits that could jeopardize an individual's ability to access government assistance. So normal, normally, um, special needs individuals lose eligibility to certain federal disability benefits if they have more than a certain amount of assets in their name. But that's not the case with assets held in an ABLE account. And that makes it a way to provide financially for a special needs child without making a direct financial gift to him or her that could then jeopardize access to other financial support. Of course, there are contribution limits and other rules that people should be aware of before they decide to go with an ABLE account. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. I, I love the versatility it sounds like the ABLE account brings. So certainly a strategy worth looking into should you find yourself in this, uh, you know, in this circumstance. But uh, moving on to kind of my next question for you, Hannes, what about, you know, addressing concerns that parents have, like helping their children once they've passed on? You mentioned that earlier, you know, once the grandparent or the parent themselves, uh, you know, passes away and, and the child's there without a parent, so to speak. I would imagine that's got to be an especially acute concern uh, for parents of special needs children. So talk to us about what this looks like. Absolutely. Uh, special needs financial planning also has to address estate planning in the event you die and are unable to care for your child. Often parents seeking to help ensure their special needs child will be taken care of after they're gone will set up a special needs trust that's designed to hold and safeguard assets to benefit that child. And that said, parents also set up these trusts while still alive to help supplement the cost of care. And, and the trust can be set up with terms and language for how and when the money should be used, although many specific terms must be met for the trust to be deemed acceptable. And, and as with many other types of trust, a special needs trust can potentially protect assets if the child is sued or becomes divorced at some point. 
So in general, there are two main types of special needs trusts that most families with assets to invest tend to consider. The first one is a first party trust. It's set up where the assets contributed to the trust along with the beneficiary, that is your special needs child or grandchild. This can happen if say, the child inherits wealth or gets money from the legal settlement. A third party trust is used when the funding assets come from parents, grandparents, or anyone other than the beneficiary who in this case would not be considered the owner of the assets. The third party trust can potentially offer more flexibility to transfer remaining wealth to another beneficiary, such as another child or another charity. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, Hannes, fortunately, what I'm gathering from today's conversation is that there are a number of financial steps and strategies that you know families with special needs children can take, and that's certainly encouraging, uh, which should certainly come as a relief to these families. Uh, any final thoughts on this that you might want to share with us? Very much so. Um, certainly, they can take actions to help ease the financial burden of ensuring that children get the care they need, as well as set their children up for better and more stable financial lives as they get older. Of course, there is no one-size-fits-all answer, given that one's family particular situation can be quite different from another's. Um, but for families experiencing the confusion and uncertainty company raising a special needs child, knowing you know, that there are options to consider can be really helpful and a foundation from which they, they can then create a plan for today and well into the future. Yeah, a lot, a lot of great stuff here today, Hannes. I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us and, and dive into all this, especially in sharing your personal experiences with this, because, you know, knowing that there's assistance, there is, uh, you know, opportunities and strategies that can be implemented is, is certainly an uplifting thought uh, for those that might be dealing with that, you know, that initial shock that we mentioned earlier. Um, well, Hannes, you know, we left a lot of considerations on the table for folks and maybe they're thinking to themselves, oh boy, would it be nice to maybe just talk through some of these and how they apply to my specific situation. If that's the case, you know, how would somebody go about reaching out to you and your team to just open up a dialogue and really uh, unpack their own unique circumstances with you and your team? Well, Ryan, they can get in touch with our group at 212-713-8952 or just email me at tanis.grosher at ubs.com and we can certainly put them in contact with some of our experts in our virtual family office that um, really know the ins and outs of these these issues and have had a lot of experience with them so that really would be the first step you know call us or just get in touch with us we can see if we can help you Fantastic. Well, Hannes, look, again, I appreciate you being with us here on the show today to talk through a sensitive subject and, and, uh, and give some, you know, some guidance really on those strategies and solutions that are on the table and looking forward to being back with you on the next one, Hannes. Sure, Ryan. I will see you soon. All right. Thanks, Hannes. And hey, look, we want to take one more moment to thank you guys, our audience, for being with us here on the show today. If you took anything away from today's conversation or learned anything, do us a favor, leave a comment on the show and subscribe to it on whichever platform you're checking us out on today. And then, of course, share this information with friends or family, uh, you know, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're taking the same strategies and solutions that Hannes is implementing with his, you know, clients over at UBS and we're bringing them right here to you on this show. 
We've got some great topics queued up for you guys in episodes to come. We would hate to have you miss out on any of those, you know, that potentially beneficial information. So for Hannes, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you guys one final time being with us here on today's installment of Through the Wealth Lens. This communication is intended to be used for educational purposes only and does not constitute a solicitation to purchase any security, insurance, or advisory service. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. An investment in any security involves significant risks, and any investment may lose value. Refer to all risk disclosures related to each security product carefully before investing. This commentary is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be officially those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated and the firm does not verify nor guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products and services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at ubs.com slash relationship summary.